guys, welcome to Horror Hideout, our little hideaway from the real world, taking a dive into the spooky side. This podcast is going to be all things horror-related, movies, paranormal, a little true crime, pretty much all things that relate to the horror genre. So if spooky is your jam, then let's be friends. Welcome to Horror Hideout. I'm Kenzie, and I am really excited about today's episode. I am such a sucker for urban legends or different beliefs that other cultures have in their stories. I'm just fascinated by that stuff. And I feel like in life we hear about all kinds of legends, whether they be cultural legends, like I said, mythological legends people make up and then they get passed around, internet legends, and so on. So I'm going to go back to elementary school days And a big one that went around our school was Bloody Mary, which I'm sure so many people experienced at least once in their life. And that is where my fear of mirrors came from. I would be so scared to even go use the restroom in school because kids were constantly doing the chant and trying to see if it would work. It also didn't help that our school had the automated lights. So if it didn't detect movement for however long, then the lights would go out. And once I was in there doing my thing, this innocent little third grader, and the lights completely turned off and I bolted out of there as fast as I could. Then I go to sleepovers and my friends would want to try, but I never played along. Even the older I got, I just don't like messing with any of that stuff. But then I hit teenage years and we would go have bonfires up the canyon and every single time the talk of skinwalkers would come up. And I am such a superstitious person. And even if I don't fully believe something, I still get freaked out. It's just the fear of the unknown. But once we were having a bonfire, and of course the topic got brought up, like always, and a little while into the conversation, we all heard a rustling sound in the bushes behind us, and we all got this super eerie, unsettling feeling. And I have never seen a group pack up so fast and get out of there. And we had five or six cars with us, so we were all just speeding down the canyon, and we like pull into the park like all in unison. It was so cool. And then we just sat and talked about the experience and how freaked out we were. And I don't think I've been back to that campground since, but this is a perfect lead into today's story. We're going to be taking a dive into a truly terrifying legend, an evil spirit that prowls the northern forests of the Atlantic coast and originates from Algonquin folklore. Can you guess what it is? We're going to be talking about the legend of the Wendigo. And I know there's a lot of different See, I can't even pronounce. I can't even pronounce pronunciation. There we go. There's a lot of different pronunciations. I've heard Wendigo, Windigo, Wendigo, but I've heard Wendigo, so we're gonna stick with that one. I have heard and seen little stories here and there about the Wendigo in movies, but not really a whole lot of detail on the origin or what exactly they are. All I really knew is that they're bighorn creatures that live in the forest and feed on humans, and that's about it. The movies I've seen use the creature as like a scare tactic more than giving information, and it's funny that I don't know hardly anything about it because I just watched Antlers, and that literally is all about the legend. But I still don't feel like we got a whole lot of backstory, minus a few minutes of storytelling by a local. But we will talk all about Antlers in a little while, along with some other movies that include this legend. But I really had fun reading up on the backstory, so let's jump right into the history of the Wendigo. Before we start, I think it's best to give you an image of the creature so that you have a better vision of what they really look like. There are two very distinct types. First is a large-looking demonic beast, similar to a deer with some kind of antlers or horns. And this type of Wendigo has become quite popular today, and it's an image that I'm sure many of you recognize from a lot of popular movies. But this image seems to be more of a modern interpretation. 
And then the more traditional appearance of the Wendigo is closer to a haggard and decomposing corpse, and its skin is stretched extremely tightly over its bones, creating a thin, translucent layer of dried-out flesh, making its bones look ready to burst. And its complexion varies from a sickly white to an ashy gray, and it has long, thin fingers with sharp nails that it uses to tear its victims into pieces and stalks its victims at 15 feet tall. The easiest way to describe this type of Wendigo is as a gaunt skeleton that looks like it has risen from the grave. Wherever the Wendigo goes, it's followed by the odor of death and decay, and it is a vile creature with jagged misshapen teeth and at times resembles yellow fangs, something you wouldn't want to stumble across in the forest. So now the big question is, what is a Wendigo? With any legend, there are always different versions or people believe different things, and some things change or get added over time. So for this legend, some believe that it's a large monster, and then another believes it's a spirit capable of possession. How the Wendigo manifests itself depends entirely on the beliefs of the individual, and the Algonquin can be broken down into several groups of indigenous people. But what I get is that the Wendigo is a cannibalistic spirit of Native American folklore, originates in and from the forests of Canada and the Great Plains region of the United States. The Wendigo is often said to be a malevolent spirit and sometimes represents as a creature with human-like characteristics which possess human beings. With the Wendigo's unsatisfactory hunger, it is known to cannibalize other humans as well as a tendency to murder those that fall under its influence. Like I said, something you definitely wouldn't want to stumble across. The Wendigo seems to always be associated with cannibalism, famine, and greed, and that came from the long cold winters, which is why so many saw it as malevolent supernatural entity. There's an interesting description that comes from a new law, and it's believed that Wendigos were giant creatures made of ice that would dwarf over human beings. And this was because every time the Wendigo ate a person, they would grow in proportion to the meal. So the bigger the meal, the bigger they grew. And that is why they described it as insatiable hunger, because it created this vicious cycle where the more the Wendigo consumed, the bigger and stronger they grew, but it would have to consume more and more to satisfy its ever-growing hunger. And the interesting thing is that you have these two versions of the creature. You have these enormous greedy creatures, and then you have these thin gaunt creatures wasting away, but both still suffering from starvation, and that is what they consider the curse of the Wendigo. Its hunger can never be satisfied, and so it's always on the search for new victims. In the ancient North American legend, the monster exists from cannibalism or dark magic, and in some versions, people can become a Wendigo just by coming in contact with it or even possessed in a dream, and after it takes control of its host, the beast assumes the identity of the person. The native Algonquin tribe of Cree and other groups living in the northern area describe a psychological or mental condition that results from the Wendigo. To the indigenous people, it was a spiritual sickness arising from dark forces in the forest. So a person's soul could infect someone who cannibalizes that person, and it was an illness of the mind that manifested in intense waves of cannibalistic behavior, almost like a zombie. And the longer the condition remains, the longer the beast has control. So over time, the person will change from a human being to an unrecognizable and horrific beast, and it will then reside in the forest, preying on those with an unquenchable hunger for human flesh. Wendigos are always regarded as evil, and this is in no doubt because of their cannibalistic nature, but how does one become such an evil entity? So there's a belief that humans could turn into Wendigos if they were overcome by greed, and these stories were told to encourage moderation and essentially just scare individuals into behaving a certain way, almost using it as a scare tactic to gain control. 
and those who committed unspeakable acts of cannibalism were also thought to be Wendigos, and this belief is where many attribute the start of the Wendigo legend. However, there were extremely dark times where famine was so bad that people had no choice but to resort to cannibalism just to survive and make it through the long cold winter. And it's not common today, but in times of extreme famine, some of the Native American people would perform a ceremonial dance that involved wearing a mask and dancing backwards behind the drum. This ceremony was mostly considered to be a satire way to reinforce the seriousness of the Wendigo taboo, and many saw the Wendigo as a metaphor that represented imbalance and disharmony, not only in an individual, but in society. This idea of selfishness does also title the fact that Wendigo was seen as solitary creatures, often being referred to as spirits of the lonely places. As a supernatural entity, you'd expect supernatural abilities, and most of these are exactly what you would imagine. The Wendigo is extremely fast and has unnatural strength, despite how frail some of them may look, and they're expert hunters, they have heightened endurance and senses, making it so that they can hunt in all manner and terrain and temperature. The older the Wendigo gets, the stronger it becomes, and its corruption spreads through the forest, so its influence on nature... And some can control woodland creatures, and others are so powerful that they can control the weather, with the eldest able to summon darkness capable of concealing the sun, making it so no one is safe regardless of time or location. Which is so freaky because every time I'm out in the woods or the forest, I feel safe because it's daytime, but just knowing that they have that control on making it night, and that just like freaks me out. So another big question is, what makes the Wendigo so special and what makes us scared of them? The possession of a Wendigo isn't like your generic spirit or demon. It chooses its victims very carefully and it slowly eats away at its sanity and it enters through the thoughts and plagues their mind of countless nightmares, unable to sleep. They start experiencing a burning sensation throughout their entire body And this has been described as Wendigo fever and there have been countless tales of people running stark through the forest naked at the dead of night and claiming that they have Wendigo fever. So I thought it'd be fun to look up some encounters of experiences that people had with Wendigos over time. So the first one is in 1878, a Native American man named Swift Runner butchered and ate his entire family. And that winter was um, said to be particularly harsh and Swift Runner's son had died because of the extreme conditions. Now we don't know if Swift Runner and his family ate the boy to survive, But the mutilated remains of his wife and five other children were later found, and he eventually confessed to killing and eating his entire family, but he was adamant on his actions being due to a Wendigo's possession. So did the eating of his son turn him into a Wendigo? Did he butcher his family because he felt they wouldn't survive the winter, or did he value the self-preservation of his own life over his family? The answers to those questions we will never know, sadly. Another famous case is Jack Fiddler and his brother Joseph, and they were arrested for the murder of over a dozen people. And as chief of his people, Jack was thought of being capable of removing evil, and that's why he got away with killing so many. He would just claim that they were all possessed by a Wendigo. But he managed to escape, and he eventually hung himself before the trial concluded. But his brother wasn't as lucky. He was sentenced to death. And ironically enough, he was given a pardon, but it came three days after his death in 1909. And these types of cases led people to believe that it might be a more serious mental issue, one that would later be dubbed Wendigo psychosis, and it's the deep craving for flesh. 
but whether it was a real mental disorder is something that was heavily debated as the number of reported cases decreased dramatically in the 20th century when the Algonquin people adapted to European ideologies, I can't even say that word, and began to live less rural lifestyles. There's no doubt that the Wendigo myth has changed and evolved over the years, which makes complete sense because, you know, people add things in or take things away or stories just change up. But it's now become another monster that reflects our issues as humans, greed, selfishness, and in some extreme or metaphorical cases, cannibalism. And it's unlikely that many of the native tribes still believe in the legends of the Wendigos as much as they used to. To them, the Wendigo was an evil spirit that embodied everything they hated, so it could be interpreted as a symbol of corruption from what they perceived to be outsiders changing their landscape in the beliefs of their people. I think the legend is very intriguing and terrifying, especially because there's something so freaky about something lurking in the darkness of the forest. Also, being so far away from civilization makes you just feel vulnerable, and that's never a fun feeling. So now, let's jump into some movies that have this terrifying creature. So first up is Antlers, and I had been anxious to see this since it was announced back in the beginning of 2020. It might have been announced earlier than that, but that's when I came across it, and I just barely watched it a few weeks ago, and it did not disappoint. I had no idea what to expect either because since I had been waiting so long, I had very high expectations, which I don't like to have any expectations on a movie because I've had it backfire before where I was so excited for a movie and then I ended up hating it. And I've also heard a lot of mixed reviews, but in the end, I loved it. Five out of five stars with a heart, which means it's in my all-time favorite movies. So Antlers is about a small town in central Oregon. And a guy named Frank and his son Aiden, who is probably around five, go to an abandoned mine where Frank runs a meth lab. And Aiden's waiting in the truck while Frank is attacked by an unseen creature. So then Aiden decides to investigate after hearing weird sounds, and he ends up getting attacked by the creature as well. But they survive and they head home where their condition worsens. So he ends up setting up a locked room and demands his older son Lucas to keep them both locked inside. Then we jump to the other side of the story where Lucas's teacher starts getting concerned about Lucas and his signs of physical and mental abuse. So her and her sheriff brothers start to dig and uncover the truth behind everything. And that's all I want to say without giving any spoilers away. This movie is heavily focused on the Wendigo, but at the same time, we don't get a whole lot of backstory. We get maybe a few minutes of a local telling the story about the legends, but that's it. I wish that we had more and that he was more involved with the story because then I feel like we would get a better explanation about things and the history of the creature. I just wanted to know more, especially because most movies I've seen that have the Wendigo as part of the story, they do the same thing where they just assume the audience knows the story and they don't really need to go into detail. But I think now that I've researched and I've learned a lot more about it, I have a whole different view and understanding. So I hope you do as well. I also do think that they did a really good job at using different versions or beliefs of the Wendigo and what it looks like. I think we get a good mix of both sides, but I wouldn't have known that before this, before I researched everything. I would have just only knew the modernized version with the horns and everything, but this movie really kept me invested the entire way through. The acting was amazing, especially Lucas. He was very believable. If you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend giving it a watch. 
Another movie that's heavily focused on the creature is The Ritual, which if I'm being honest, I really wasn't a fan of, but I'm going to include it because it does get a lot of love and I just may be in the minority on this one. And my husband also really liked it. But this one's about a group of friends that reunite after a long time to plan a vacation and they decide to go on a hiking trip in Sweden where one of them becomes injured and they have no choice but to cut through the forest in order to arrive to a lodge a couple of hours sooner. And during a raging rainstorm, they spend the night in a spooky abandoned house. And what awaits them are things they never expected out of this bonding trip. This one is a slow burn and it takes a while to get into the action. And maybe that's why I didn't like it. I kind of got bored. But I did, however, like how the last half of the movie focused more on the legend and like the cult-like storyline. And I didn't like that we got to see the creature up close as often as we did because it kind of takes away from the mystery. And any movie that shows a creature or a demon up close too often, that just ruins it for me. That's how Mama was. She was so freaky when we only got glimpses of her, but then as soon as they showed her up close, the fear went away. And same with the movie Z. The imaginary friend was creepy because I was just like making up my own image in my head of what he looked like. And then it just kept showing him up close and it just killed my whole creepy vision. But that's how the Wendigo is in this movie. But now after reading more into the legend, I may go back and give it a second chance. Like I said before, the only thing I really knew was that Wendigos were a horned deer-like demon and that just wasn't scary to me. But hearing all this backstory now and the way it feeds on people and can possess humans or cause them to turn makes it so much more terrifying. So I think I need to go give it another chance. The Wendigo is also used frequently in Stephen King books and movies. Pet Cemetery uses this creature as a story arc, and the Wendigo lurked behind the scene manipulating events in the town just like Pennywise manipulated events in the small town of Derry. The Wendigo reanimated whatever animal was laid in the newly rediscovered Micmac burial ground with his necromatic power. So once reanimated from death, the resurrected corpses would show more aggression than usual and would frequently attack strangers. They lived for roughly 10 years and then died again. So during World War II, the burial ground became stronger and a man named Timmy Batterman was killed and shipped back to be buried. So Timmy's father buried him in the Micmac Cemetery, filling the pole, and Timmy was reanimated and came back to his father's house possessed by the dark influence of the Wendigo. And that's when Judd and the townspeople came to his house demanding his father to undo the evil, which he refused to believe. So Timmy was eventually killed after scaring locals. Then we have the Creed family who moves in and we know how that ends. Um, I knew that the Wendigo showed up in Pet Cemetery, but I thought it was more of a hidden Easter egg or just kind of thrown in there. I had no idea that the cemetery and the evil that resided was influenced by the Wendigo. So it all makes so much more sense now and just makes the storyline more interesting. So I need to go watch again. I think it's so interesting to research movies and backstories and just learn more about the causes of why evil's happening. And I used to just watch movies just to watch and be scared, but now I always spend a good chunk of time after I watch something researching and getting more answers. I just like to know more details or hidden symbolism. And this legend is truly terrifying. I have a whole new outlook on it, and I hope you do too. So head over to my Instagram at horror underscore hideout91. 
I'll also have it in my description of this episode and then find my latest post for the episode and I'll have some pictures of everything we talked about and let's get a discussion going. Let me know what you think. Do you believe this legend or are you skeptical? Also, let me know what your favorite movie that includes the Wendigo is because I'm interested in watching more and it's always fun to get new movie ideas and hopefully you'll get some too from me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I'll be posting new episodes every Tuesday, so be prepared for more creepy content. Thanks again for listening and stay spooky, friends.